Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I compliment Coach McDermott and the Buffalo Bills for for victory in a hard-fought game. Um, you know, I appreciate the efforts of our guys in there. I just told them that, um, but efforts don't get it done. He went on to say, so let's talk tangibly about why we weren't successful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the locker room post-Buffalo blizzard. Uh, Long-held hotel room stays, everything. But what a, uh, what a showing by Steelers Nation in braving the elements coming up there. And, Max, I got to tell you something. Yeah, was too little too late, got too much too early. But, you know, the boys fought on. They went after it. What are you going to do? It's, it is what it is, and the, the se- season comes to a thud at the end of 2023. Yeah, Wolf, I mean, you know, I love the fight. Um, I, love, I love the bounce back. But like you said, gave up too much too early. And, you know, I, I think for the Steelers squad, you know, they really showed some written resiliency at the end of the season. Um, I'm sure. A lot of people out there, even Steeler fans, after, after that loss to New England, thought this is this is it. Our season's over. And then after the Indianapolis game, it was like further damage to the situation. But this team still believed, still team still scratched, clawed, fought to earn a spot into this postseason. So, you know, when you think about just their journey. And this 2023 team, it was something to be proud of. Um, the way they, they, they that they did fight, they didn't give up. You know, injuries, challenges, setbacks, they just faced them head on. And I think that's something where you have, I have to say kudos. Commendable job, guys. For the youth that they had offensively and the amount of injuries defensively, this team still came out there, found a way to win with the most unlikeliest of sources and assistance, and they didn't bat an eye. And this team, I thought, coming into this game, was going to fight. It was going to be an uphill battle, and they fought. And, you know, do I wish we could erase that first quarter? Absolutely. If we would have played three quarters of a game, you know, this might have been a completely different ball game. Um, but, you know, it is a four-quarter game, and this is winner-take-all, right? Take no prisoners, at, you know, ask for no quarter, give no quarter. And the 
Buffalo Bills came out and they did exactly enough to win this game. And the Steelers just didn't string those plays together early enough in the game before they started catching fire, uh, you know, into the second quarter into the second half. Well, the thing that I, I, I go over all the time, look, I – I get it, you know, in the sense of, first of all, there's disruption in your scheduling because every ball player's got a three-day, two-day, and one-day out routine. So then you, you push the game back. But I got to tell you, there was a lot of indecision about what was going on. Rumors flying around everywhere. Getting into Buffalo, you got into Buffalo way ahead of everybody else. You were locked in your hotel over the weekend. It was I, – I kept – we kept getting weather reports. <laughs> I was beginning to wonder if this game was ever going to be pulled off this week or not. And certainly, I, you know, as you watch this whole weekend develop, the, the game really came about, and it, and it was beautiful up in Buffalo, really. I mean, it was a 10-mile-an-hour wind, if you call that a wind. In Buffalo, it's a whole lot <laughs> – that, that's, that's just a breeze oh, in Buffalo. It was a rather balmy day, even though it was in the teens. And I know – uh, you know, the outside elements were, were rough and everything in, in a large part. But at the same time, um, you could, based on what we went into the weekend with, you couldn't have asked for better results weather-wise. And certainly all the, the snowplow crews of uh, Western New York, the people out there, what a job they did. And by the way, thanks and kudos to all the uh, Pittsburgh snowplow crews, too. have done a fine job here because we got hit with some snow last night. But certainly... Max, we went into that weekend with indecisive about when the game was actually going to be played. It actually got played. And, again, the biggest part in, in my mind is you cannot, you just cannot commit a couple of turnovers like that in a big game. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the difference the game. We were talking about, you know, how we could potentially turn over Josh Allen. Yes. And how much of a different player he is. When, when he turns the ball over versus when he doesn't. And, you know, we have to remember, Mace went on that three-game win streak without turning the ball over. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just any quarterback is going to have a problem when you put your team in a deficit. And it's not that he went out there and actively tried to do that, but he was trying to make a play. Kair Elam made an even better play yeah. on uh, on that interception in the end zone. Just the worst part about it was that you take that touchdown off and then you go add one on the drive off of that turnover, right? Right. So then it's a 14-point swing. And I think that was really that was really the uh, the one that, 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 that couldn't be overcome. That was that was that was that moment. Uh, and, but, you know, I mean, just to get here and think how far we made it, like you said, with, with making the gutsy decision by Coach Tomlin to go with Mason, the third string quarterback who hadn't played in almost two years. Um, and, and the way that the team rallied around him and how guys seemingly picked the game up because they knew, you know, who, who was back there and they wanted to do their best to help him out. And then, unfortunately, you lose a T.J. Watt in the finale um, of the regular season. And, you know, he was out there. You know, he was hoping he was going to be able to play next week. But, you know, there's something to be said. I mean, there's a reason why T.J. Watt will be the defensive player of the year and why his why his presence is, 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 so, is, is so much missed when he's not there because you realize he is a terror. He, he yeah. is a guy. That, that makes offensive linemen shaking their boots at night. But you're right. I mean, even even up to um, Sunday, like, you know, getting ready for the game on Monday, there was still talk that the game had been delayed again. 
yeah. <laughs> the weather condition. So, yeah, this was a lot of adversity to overcome. But once again, the other teams going through the same things, except they got to do with the friendly confines of their home. It's one thing to be locked in a hotel, um, you know, in the city that you're that, that you're going to play versus locked at your house where you have all your future comforts and then you get to go uh, and come outside and play whenever they tell you to play. So, And probably most uh, specifically they had lasagna in their houses, right? <laughs> they, they definitely did. The There's definitely a lot of comfort. Yeah, a lot of comfort <laughs> lasagna. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing. I, you know, I love what Mike says. I appreciate the effort, but efforts don't get it done. You know, um, that's that's truth. You know, <laughs> effort is is one thing. And you know, we talk about you've got to give max effort, but it's not just the effort; it's the results of those efforts. And in particular, you know, I, I appreciated George Pickens, you know, catching that ball and trying to drive for the first down marker. The problem was, you you give up a fumble, and that creates that short field and opportunity to get momentum rolling the other way. For Josh Allen, it's like you you said. We talked about Josh Allen. We talked about defanging the snake. We talked about the fact that this guy, um, even though he was only running thirteen percent going into that game prior, the two weeks prior to that game of running plays, it had jumped up to thirty percent over the last two weeks. Meaning he was becoming a bigger part of that rushing game, and indeed he did. And then we we didn't shut down James Cook the way I thought we might shut down. James Cook, he's still got pretty good yardage rolling there. And on the flip side of it, our rushing attack didn't match their rushing attack, which I thought we were in position to really do some damage with uh, Najee and Jalen Warren, which we, we, we got some good good runs in there, pounded it and everything, but it wasn't as it has been over that three-game winning streak. No, it wasn't. And the one guy we thought that was going to wreck the game, on defense, did wreck the game on defense, Ed Oliver. Yes, he did. Yep. And and that was one that we really needed to come out and, and really neutralize and get two guys on him, right? The double team must hit, stay a little bit longer to develop it because he will be a difference maker. Um, uh, you know, Benford and Bernard, um, you know, even though they both got injured in the contest, I mean, we're, we're, we're really good early and really caused some problems for us. Um, some of the downhill stuff and some of the run blitz action that they had um, that really kind of messed up the process. And, you know, the, the run game wasn't where it, was, where it was the last couple of weeks as far as the offensive line blocking. Um, guys were falling off of the blocking schemes. Uh, they're being a little bit more aggressive. And, you know, Linval Joseph and Daquan Jones, where they put the jumbos in, they yeah. caused problems for our interior offensive lines. So, it, there, there were some things that, you know, we uh, we got out schemed or out outplayed on. But at the end of the day, I mean, they did step up and they did get things rolling. It's just like you said, too little, too late. Once you finally got into the mode, of, you know, I mean, now listen, it was goals crap out there. I get it, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I, I see why the league had to move to Monday yeah. versus what we were experiencing on Sunday. So I get it. Um, and, and and everybody's dealt with the same cars that, that's on that playing field. So it's about who um, adapts and overcomes the fastest. And Buffalo was a team that adapted quicker and, and overcame it, that adversity, a lot faster. No question about it. Um, the self-inflicted uh, 
problems that we gave ourselves with the fumbles, with the, the, the interception. You know, and I give it to Elam. That was a great pick by Elam. I mean, he was on Deontay, and it's like he knew the route that Deontay was going to run. You know, that little little turn before yeah. the flag, you know, the little comebacker. Mm -hmm. And and it was like um, like Mason said, shouldn't even thrown it. You know, put I got to put it way more outside, or whatever. And and you know, in truth, but that's you know that was what his first interception in four games, not bad. Yeah, exactly. You know, what I mean, exactly. so <laughs> and he only threw one. He didn't. It didn't become like a like an epidemic, right? It didn't right. come in bunches. It was an isolated affair. But like you said, I mean, but the biggest part that made it so much more glaring was because. They get the ball on the twenty and march eighty yards down the field to put a touchdown on. That's what that's what kind of sealed it. It just made it that much worse. And like you said, and then of course both uh, and then the George Pickens fumble, one play touchdown on the seam route down the middle to Kincaid. Oh my goodness. Those were the things. So it was like to get the immediate answers off of the turnovers was what was was what hurt the most. That you couldn't either stave off or at least force the two a field goal or something. It went, I mean, it was the ultimate, right? It was the TD in the end zones for both of those. And you think 14 points over turnovers. Difference in the game was what? 14 points. That's where it's like, man, it stung a little bit. Yes, no doubt about it. And you know what? We we talked about it all week, didn't we? I mean, talking about the tight ends. You just knew we've had trouble issues with the tight ends. And you got Knox and Kincaid. The two of them, and um, you know, that was it was a great throw. I mean, by Josh Allen, you got to give him. A, it was a great throw, but you know, there was it was what uh, was that Knox that went down the seam? Was it Knox that had the bananas? You know, the banana no, seam. Right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're right. It yeah. was Knox. Kincaid had the first. Uh, yeah, he had the first had, one had in the, the corner. First and the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ran a smash the route concept over there where they got the out, mm -hmm. you know, and then you got the over the top. Put that and, yeah. and Pat Pete was, he was really honked off on that one. You saw him; he was he was uh, looking around. He he knew that he was not copacetic with a Landon or was it? I'm not sure if that was Eric Rowe back there or was it Demani. But either one, doesn't matter. You got caught in between, and that just created a problem for him. But the one with Dawson Knox down the seam, that banana bend, um, it looked oh. like you know Miles is carrying him down the seam. And the, the far safety didn't get over the top, and it was a shame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was unfortunate. And like I said, I mean, it was a good route concept that they had going. And this is what they wanted to do. I'm sure they wanted to put them in a quandary. And this was the best-case scenario. Like you said, those 10-mile-an-hour wins, yeah. um, you know, for Josh Allen is not, is, is not much. Or no. even for Mason. Yeah, um, true. Not, not as much to deal with. You, you, can, still, you can still put the ball – if you're, if you're any quarterback of your elk, you can put the ball where you want to. You can play darts uh, with the football, and that's exactly what Josh Allen did. He played darts uh, against us for, for all intents and purposes. There's no doubt about it. Um, okay, you know what? We need to take a break because we got the king coming up. The kinger will be in the castle. Or, I don't know, is he your live, Wes, or what? Nope. He's coming in by the phone. So, the king is not in the okay. castle, but his voice will be. <laughs> Yes, broadcast from Casper. <laughs> All right, so you got me sitting here at high atop Bridgeville. You got Max in Dallas, and then we got the Kinger coming in from somewhere, parts unknown. We'll be back after this.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hello. Oh, well. King in the castle, king in the castle. I have a chair, I have a chair. Oh, go do this, go do this. King in the castle. Oh my goodness! There he is. That's right. <laughs> only only the great Borat could say it any better than than Wolf and I. And we are happy to be joined by the one, the only Rob King. Rob, I know it's not the best of circumstances after we've had the highs of the last couple of weeks, but uh, welcome into the locker room, aka King's Castle segment two <laughs> of the locker room on Monday. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, guys. Uh, I mean, uh, a little disappointed, obviously, in the outcome of that game. You know, going in to the playoffs, I remember, you know, watching that game with Miami and Buffalo, and, you know, Miami had to lead, and I'm thinking, boy, this would be great. If there's one team I don't want to play right now, I think Buffalo would be at the top of that list. Um, you know, they're really playing well, and yet the Steelers were playing well, too. And I, I went into the game still thinking – um, you know, and I, I'm not a gambler, I, I, and I, I, so I don't follow lines, and I don't, you know, I don't always know what they mean, but I thought, man, people really think the Bills are 10-point favorites over the Steelers. I thought the Steelers were going to – I thought this was going to be a super close game, and, you know, the turnovers early on just kind of – it was just a hard hole for the Steelers to dig out of. So, I mean, great finish to the season to get into the playoffs, but uh, disappointing end ultimately when you go out in the first round. Unquestionably so, Kinger. I, I think there's a number of things that really kind of bothered me. You know, as you as you look at this, it, to me, it, it really came down to, number one, we had, wanted to get after Josh Allen, which we didn't do to the point that I thought we were capable of doing. Yeah, I knew without the great T.J. Watt, we, we got problems. But still at that point in time, we, we got some good efforts, of course, by Alex, by um, uh, Nick Herbig, and by Marcus Golden, all three guys. They were coming after it, but you got to admit, Josh Allen did a nice job. But the thing that bothered me was that run, that 52-yard run. Yes. Man, they're, they're just – there was too many guys that had their head buried in the chest of the offensive lineman. Um, DeMonte Casey, I know that guy can tackle. And it's just uh, disappointing. I'm so sure for him and everybody else that he bounced off Josh Allen. And there was just a couple of – Guys, that I'm not sure what their angles were that they were taking them, but it was just extremely unfortunate. It just really bugged me to see Josh Allen be able to run that far. Yeah, I agree. Um, first of all, he's he's faster than I thought. <laughs> I mean, at the oh, end, yeah, yeah. he was pulling away from Patrick Peterson. I was like, man, I didn't, I, I didn't I know he was, he was that huge quick. And I knew he could move. <laughs> I didn't know he was that fast. Um, but I, I think you're right, Wolf. But, you know, it does it does beg the question to me, like if you're playing man and, and the, Josh Allen caught him in man, got that crease up the middle and, you know, it starts with him gaining 10, 12 easy yards as you see sometimes happen because guys are in man. They don't have their eyes on the quarterback. Um, you know, you would, you, you would think you would hope that that would come in conjunction with pass rushers being aware that, Hey, listen, we got to keep him in the pocket here. Right. You know, yes. we have to do that. We cannot allow this gaping hole. They have to, you know, football, we, we've talked about this so much. It's the ultimate team game. It's it's TJ Watt affecting, you know, the guy inside of him and, and the guy in coverage because now a back's got to chip him 
So does that back now come out of coverage? You're double teaming him. So the defensive tackle next to him is not being uh, double teamed. He gets more free reign. All these things are intertwined. And whether it's personnel or scheme, they have to be intertwined and they have to be executed properly for you to play winning football. And, and that to me, I think you bring up a great point, uh, Wolf, is that, you know, the, the rushers were just, you know, let's get after them. And they just left this huge hole. And I mean, even if you didn't run for 52 yards, you had an easy, easy uh, first down with a conjunction of those right. two things. Yeah, that was, that was definitely bothersome. The, the tackling I thought overall was, was uh, sloppier than you'd like to see in this game against the Bills. Yeah, you don't you don't want to say uh, uh, Septemberish in January because uh, we did hear that earlier <laughs> right. this year, right? Um, about that, and I think you know, I, I think also you know, guys were were just kind of assuming things, and that, that's the worst part about this, right? In this weather, the same hits that you delivered in in better weather, they don't necessarily apply in colder weather. Like it hurts a lot more to hit someone. Um, and especially to be hit in the circumstance. So it was a, it was a bit of a challenge uh, watching that. Like you said, just some bad angles, uh, poor, 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 um, poor execution on the on the finish of those things. Um, I, you know, we didn't have T.J. Watt for touchdown, right? And I think that was one that kind of kind of underscored when you're talking about the pursuit. How do you think, you know? The pressure was from the uh, the trio rotation um, in the game of Herbert, Golden, and um, Heisman. I thought they did okay. I mean, you know, first of all, it's a Bills offensive line that gives up among the fewest sacks in the NFL. Uh, they were they were way down the list of sacks allowed, and part of that too, by the way, um, our good friend Matt Williamson came up with the statistic and. And uh, it's the great statistic. You know, sometimes you think like, like, you know, you're talking about PFF win rate and you're like, what does that even mean? You know, right. um, but he, uh, you know, Josh Allen, the pressure to sack ratio uh, uh, from Allen's perspective was the best in the league. In other words, you can get pressure on this guy, but he's just so it was like, you know, watching Ben back in the day, you'd get Ben and, and you'd think you'd have him, but you wouldn't have him and he'd get away and, you know, but you, you have to doff your cap to Josh Allen sometimes too. I mean, this is a great player. And, and right. there's a reason this guy has led his team deep into the playoffs. There's a reason he's regarded um, as one of the best in the business. Yeah. Did he throw too many interceptions this year? Yes. They couldn't force him into that, but he also had 15 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he makes negative plays. He makes positive plays. Um, you know, so he's, uh, he's a terrific player. And, and sometimes that happens. And, you know, when you, when you think about this game, you know, I thought, okay, you need to come out. To, the, the ideal scenario is you need to come out and set the tone early in this game, uh, much like we saw Green Bay do against Dallas, right? They, they got the ball. They marched down the field. They set the tone early. They got the Cowboys back on their heels. The Cowboys are a much better team with the lead. And then they just never let up. And not that there's, you know, not that, listen, the other guys get paid too. There's obviously going to be some pushback. But I thought, okay, get off to a fast start. You know, let them know they're in for a game. Uh, win the turnover battle. Um, and don't allow them the big plays. Well, you really – and that was my feeling on the best way to win this game. And you were 0 for 3. I mean, the Bills are the ones that got off to a good start. You were the ones that committed 
um, two turnovers in the first half that were extremely costly. Both of them led to Buffalo Bills touchdowns. Um, you know, and a defense, I think, in today's NFL especially, the defense is best that plays the defense least. You know, you can't have these guys out there all the time. You have to, you have to win that time of possession. It helps your defense out so much. So you're 0 for 2 in that department. Um, and then ultimately, you know, you don't have a play from scrimmage that goes over 15 yards, and you allow Josh Allen that long run and a couple of big plays in the passing game. So all the things I thought the Steelers needed to do to win this game, they didn't do. And yet, they still had a chance, you know. They still had a chance toward the end, and uh, they just weren't able to come up with one more stop. You know, I got to tell you something. I felt so good going on that first drive, all right? You come out, and you, on second or third down, you throw that 16-yard screen to Jalen Warren. I'm thinking, yeah, all right, we got the screens going already, baby. This is something that is significant, and it's going to set a tone. And then we go incomplete and incomplete. And it was it was really unfortunate because the guy that this, – this is what drives me nuts. And, Max, you, I'm you sure this is a shared experience with you. You stuff your man so well at the line of scrimmage on a play. You don't give him an inch. You're all over him like a cheap suit on a pass play. He didn't get off the line of scrimmage, and then he steps back and he jumps up and knocks the ball down. And you're like, oh, crud. You know? Yeah. yeah oh, it's the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah. It's like I did my job. I stonewalled this guy. But then, you know, the defense line, because he can see I can't, he times up the jump. And as much as, you know, we're taught, hey, if they jump, we dump. You know, it, it's still a split-second reaction, especially when a guy backs off and is like just is, – is like, is, like, is like playing mere dodge drill with, with the quarterback in a throwing lane. It, it, yeah, that, that is probably one of the most frustrating things. When, and when, Ed when Oliver is only 6'1". He's only 6'1". <laughs> that gummit. I know. You're supposed to whack him on. You should, should have popped him on top of the head. With a, with a hammer fist. Stay down there, garden gnome. <laughs> but truly, I felt like that was that offensive series, the first one coming out, being aggressive and then throwing that screen. I really I thought, oh, we got a good mix here, and it just didn't turn out. And then, of course, you turn around, and Josh Allen throws that, that – and, man, and, and Max, by the way, that was Dawson Knox, as you said, that had the short pass, the nine-yarder. And it was Kincaid that had the longer banana, you know, one up the seam. Got but it. Okay. Yeah. They, I, Once I, again, they were one and the same. They're yeah. one and the same. Well, the problem is, <laughs> I, you know, it's me. Details. I always got problems with details. But hey, but the problem is – we with, started with a K. Yes. Started with a K. You there. DK. Yeah. yeah, coming into this game, you, yeah. exactly. You knew that the tight ends were going to be a problem, Kinger, coming into this game. Yeah, you did, and um, and, and I don't know how. And again, you talk about everything coming together. There, you know, after the the, the quick fumble, um, you know that. So you, you get the ball, you get the, the, the you know the turnover on the Pickens fumble, and one play touchdown, boom. You know, uh, you you look at that, uh, you you look at that, and it's a well-designed play by the Bills. But how do you let Miles Jack? And we know, listen, um, the Steelers have their their two best coverage linebackers have been out for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And Alandon Roberts has done a fantastic job. I think he's really showed that he has more game than I think. Um, you know, the scouting reports told us, hey, he's a he's a two-down thumper, and you get him out of there. I think he's shown he's. He can be more than that. I, th- I think he's had a great year. But you have Miles Jack, 
um, you know, and and he's a he's a thumper. He's a run stuffer. You got him chasing a first round pick tight end up the middle of the field. Both safeties split, um, and Allen makes a pretty easy throw right down the middle of the field uh, to Kincaid for the touchdown. Um, you know, th- that's uh, I don't know what happened there. You that can't you can't allow that. You know, you can't. There's either got to be somebody else covering him, or there's got to be safety help over the top. There, um, there was it a was late play. I think if if okay. I looked at it and what I remember of it, I thought Josh Allen looked off. I think it was Eric Rowe, but I don't want to say him specifically. One of the safeties on the far safety side, he looked froze him on that side and then came back to uh, Kincaid on that banana right. seam route. So yeah, yeah, they had the outside receiver. It looked like he was running kind of a an out and up or something that was something that was stressing the sideline. Right? Yeah. So something that, that Eric Rowe, you know, moved in that direction or whoever it was, that's the safety. You're right. I'm not sure if it was Rowe or whoever it was yeah. moved in that direction. But uh, regardless that that's just way too easy of a throw um, with sort of a, and Miles Zach, I think did a terrific job, but he, you know, he's not, he's, you know, you don't think you're drawing up what you're going to do defensively. You don't say, well, we're going to leave a, a run-stuffing linebacker on a first-round tight end uh, up the seam in the middle of the field uh, at a crucial point of the game. Uh, and it was a crucial juncture because they turned out uh, that turnover knew an immediate touchdown. Uh, you're, you're thinking, hey, listen, if you can hold them to three here, that's maybe a moral victory. You know, so there, there were little items like that, little things like that that happened uh, throughout the course of the game um, that, were, that, that was too bad. And I, I really thought with Minka – uh, Fitzpatrick and Demonte KZ coming back into the game, that they would do a better job against those tight ends. I really thought, hey, you know, listen, the big deal here is going to be if they can minimize digs and you can put, you know, uh, Minka and KZ on the on the tight ends, um, you know, maybe that can maybe that can minimize the effectiveness of those guys because without Gabe Davis, I thought that that was that was the next most obvious threat. In fact, I was I thought they would do that. I was more worried about. James Cook, because James Cook is a guy that he runs patterns like a wide receiver. I mean, this guy's a running back, but I mean, you'll see him downfield. Um, this isn't a dump it off to the flats kind of guy. This is a guy who can run patterns for you. I was more worried about him, but he he really wasn't that much of a factor in the passing game. Wasn't. Here's another thing, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I didn't see as much Demonte KZ on the field last night um, as I thought I would. Like in fact, at one point, I was like, man, I was like, man, did he even dress? Like, I didn't see him on the inactive report, but they used him very sparingly in the game plan. I mean, it was a lot of, like you said, Pat P, Eric Rowe, and then Minka. Um, and Casey kind of got worked in a little bit into that equation. But he didn't have as big an impact or as many snaps as I thought he was going to have last night. Yeah, they – and, you know, I think – uh, and that's a good point, Max. And I did not look up the snap counts, um, so I can't add to that. And I'm sorry, but I think that you know, obviously, you know, fans right now are sort of on this this fulcrum point between, and you know how fans are, right? Like between, oh man, we lost, bummer. Okay, what are we going to do this off season? You know, um, and and to me, you know, as you, unfortunately for guys that they get hurt, uh, it is unfortunate for them, but it creates an opportunity for other players to come up, like. And Landon Roberts, I think I just mentioned him. Like he showed a more expansive game than I think maybe, you know, maybe the Steelers were well aware of that. But I think for fans, you're like, well, wait a minute, there's there's more there than maybe we thought. I think Eric Rowe is a guy who's 
he's put himself in an interesting position. I think he's he's played pretty darn well for this team at safety, and you know maybe he's uh, and maybe that's an indication of how they feel if his snap count was higher than Casey's. And again, I'm sorry, I don't I don't have that information in front of me, but I think that um, you know when when guys get hurt and opportunities come up. You, you, it's a good story when somebody seizes that opportunity. And I think Eric Rose had a nice job of seizing the opportunity he's been given. There's no question in my mind. I really think that's what happened. I mean, obviously coming back, you've got uh, Minka, right? Well, you're not going to just slide Minka in. You're going to put Minka in. I mean, he's he's the back end of that defense, the, the, the best communicator. But Eric Rowe has done a nice job. I've heard several people say, how is this dude not on some somebody's uh, you know depth chart somewhere? You know, I mean, too deep. He's got to be on somewhere because he has really played, I thought, in my mind, some really good football for the Steelers. And I think Damani Casey's a guy that, you know, it creates another excellent safety in the room. And so I think you got some three safety there stuff that is really good stuff for the future. Hopefully, we'll see. You know, I, right now it's, it's too early to start talking about the future big time by any means or shape or form. Right now it's just the frustration that – I felt over not being able to curtail Josh Allen. That I really, I really thought we could do better on him. Um, the other thing was, uh, I, I, I thought James Cook we'd hold him more. Where he, again, it was eighteen carries and eighty some yards, seventy, eighty, you know, seventy nine, eighty yards. But it was a four point four whack, and that was problematic, um, just because yeah. he was doing a good job of of protecting the ball and being able to roll the chains. By the way, uh, I'm looking here, and uh, Eric Rowe had 85% snap count, and KZ, good spot by UMass, had a 30% snap count. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Eric Rowe got a lot more time than, than KZ, and whether that's because KZ was a little rusty missing the last three games, or but as you mentioned, uh, Minka missed some games. <laughs> he had 100% snap count. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that, that, might be, that might be telling. Um, you know, I, I thought uh, – you know, I thought the Steelers were going to run the football better. I knew that they had to stop the run um, because the combination of Allen and Cook uh, is a very good combination. And I think a lot of people think about uh, the Bills and they think maybe Josh Allen throwing the ball. But with the combination of Allen running and Cook running, um, down the stretch, they ran the ball more at home than any team in the NFL. So they were a team that – or they were the, maybe in the top three – but they were a team that, they, you know, they're going to run the football. And that's what makes them so dangerous. Well, I mean, you know, they run the football and then, when, you know, a lot of what Allen's doing is not really designed run. So that adds to the run total. Um, but you, you have to be able to respect their run. And, and yet, you know, you've got playmakers like Diggs and these tight ends that can really hurt you in the passing game. And it, and it felt to me like the Bills were able to, to find that balance. Um, that the Steelers, you know, only really found a couple of times in the game. They didn't really find that run-pass balance consistently. And I think with Mason Rudolph, they really had. They, they found a good balance. Yeah. Um, they, they found ways to make big plays in the passing game to keep teams honest and to be able to run the football. And, you know, the, the chicken and the egg, are you, are you running the ball well and that sets up the pass? Are you passing the ball well and that helps your running game? you're constantly seeking that balance so that the defense is on its heels and you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. Um, okay. You're going to show us, uh, you know, you're going to show us that the bill's base defense is normally right. A cover two and a nickel. 
Okay, well, you should be able to run against that unless they do things schematically that make it more difficult or their guys beat your guys up front. And I, I just think that overall, your point about Cook and, and what happened, the Bills were able to find that balance. And the Steelers, except for once or twice in the game, really weren't able to find that run-pass balance. Yeah, I think you're exactly correct. And by the way, Max, I forgot whether or not it was you or me jumping <laughs> Yeah, well, it was me, but hey, hey, I, I, I'll yield to you, Wolf. I'll let you. I'll let you go with it. Yeah, I was sitting there, and it was just like all of a sudden, you know, it was like you have this mind meltdown. And I'm like going, "Oh, uh, let's see, was that Max or was that me?" You know, but the fact of the matter, yeah, the the killer to me was just knowing that the tight ends were going to be a big problem, and and they were, and you know, I yep. I, I guess. You know, you, you want to magically say, oh, we can run this defense to neutralize any any threat by Dawson and Kincaid, and you can't. I mean, they're, they're, they're excellent players in their own right, and you got a quarterback that's a great player uh, that's able to deliver the rock to them. But certainly, you know, I, I know that we've given up, what, six touchdowns over the last seven games going into this game, and now it's, a, what, uh, what uh, eight over the last nine, something like that. My math of is always questionable. But that, to me, was part of the source that we just couldn't stop, that we needed to stop, was to stop that bleeding from the tight ends. Yep. And, again, I, uh, I, I totally agree, Wolf. And, you know, uh, there are times – I mean, there's not a defense out there. There's not a team out there. And we, I think we've talked about this before, that has 22 all-pros and no weaknesses, right? Every team's got something – that other teams are trying to exploit. Every team's got something that they do well that other teams are trying to prevent. And I think you have to give the Bills credit. They were able to prevent the Steelers from running the ball when the Steelers wanted to. Um, and the Steelers were not able to prevent the tight end usage that I think we thought we would see. And again, uh, you know, how much of that just comes down simply to, to Josh Allen being able to make plays. Um, I mean, the guy's an elite, elite quarterback. He made a bunch of plays in this game. Um, the Steelers couldn't force him into a turnover. I mean, 17 games he played, um, 14 of those games he'd thrown an interception. I mean, the odds were in your favor right. to get a pick. And, and, and you know, it just didn't happen. Um, the Bills, like I said, they were able to find the balance. They were able to make plays in the passing game. The tight ends really hurt him. Cook really hurt him. Allen really hurt him. Um, you know, we're talking about good players, good players that played well. Yeah, and I mean, really the only snafu they had was on that one field goal attempt, which the Steelers were able to block and able to convert that off of points um, for for them. So, I mean, it was it was really who was, who was going to mess up the least. And defensively, hitting home on four-man rush, right, getting Mason Rudolph flustered um, sure. a whole lot, opportune dogs or linebacker, you know, fires that really uh, that really uh, got home. I mean, you know, one of the things on the sack that uh, Rousseau got, you know, Wolf talked about this on live broadcast, you know, you have Broderick setting out thinking he has the turn towards him and that the guard has his B-gap protected, and he did. And it, it was, you know, they were hanging on the inside because they had Oliver or Daquan, one of those two to deal with. And so they were, they were, they were locked up with him. Rousseau takes, you know, just a step and a cross face to the inside, and boom, he's hit, he's hit Mason. And I felt like Herbig and Alex Highsmith did a spin move on Deion Dawkins that absolutely just spun him like a turn cycle uh, for laundry day. And 
he was right there. It's just he needed one more step right. and maybe one half second, and that's a sack instead of a big completion downfield. Yeah. And it just felt like we were close but no cigar so many different times in this ball game, and that eventually went to bite them in the butt. Sure. Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, th- this is a Bills defense. We saw Oliver with a really good move on Mason Cole later in the game. Uh, Russo um, is a guy with some, some pedigree, um, you know, a talented guy. They just have a lot of guys across the board um, that can bring pressure. Uh, you know, they're a very good sack team, but it's not really based upon, you know, one guy. Like, you can't go – I think, you know, obviously and the Steelers were more middle of the pack um, as far as sacks are concerned. And when you go in against the Steelers, I think you're, you know, especially this year, you're thinking, look, if we can do a job, you know, if we can keep our left tackle, who's usually your premier offensive lineman on Alex Highsmith, give him a little bit of help on occasion and swing our pressure to TJ Watt, you know, we have a pretty good chance here. Uh, But you mentioned, you know, when you can get pressure from your defense alignment, uh, Espinosa on the other side, Rousseau, um, you know, the, the, uh, the linebacker obviously went down, uh, Bernard with the injury early on in the, uh, in the game, or I guess it was about the midpoint of the game. Um, you know, they have a lot of different guys that can get to the quarterback. Um, no one guy, maybe the exception of Oliver were because of, you know, how good he is and how quick he is on the inside, but it makes it very, very difficult. You know, where am I getting help from? Am I getting help? Am I out on an Island? Is it just up to me? Um, that makes them their their balance defensively rushing the passer makes them very difficult to deal with. And it wasn't just the Steelers; it's been that way all year. The Bills have done a really good job of getting after the quarterback with that sort of, um, you know, that that you know wide breadth of personnel that can get to the passer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Kinger, I know we have to we have to break here because. Uh, we do what we always do. We usually do a segment and a half because it's so much fun <laughs> having the king and the cat. Um, nah, we appreciate it. Hopefully you'll still join us um, as we continue to broadcast throughout the rest of this month of January. Keep on bringing you inside the locker room. Um, just kind of ch- chop, chop, hey guys, it up, only, chop it up. Uh, as we... I just want to say I'm only available anytime you want me. Okay, other than that, I won't be around. <laughs> okay. All right, you know, you know, okay. put that on the calendar, Wes. Just remember, I'll he's see, I'll see, I'll awesome. see whenever we work. don't need him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, but always awesome. We appreciate the time, Rob. And uh, we're going to step aside. We'll be back with more Inside the Locker Room after these messages. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, Max is now boarding his flight, heading into Phoenix, the Valley of the Sun. Meanwhile, Wes sits in for Max, who is sitting in for Max. (laughs) Pitch to Johnny! You can't pitch to Johnny! Pitch to Johnny! I'm Johnny! 
Well, Johnny's here with me. I'm completely bamboozled because <laughs> I'm like, it's what, a what? Tuesday that feels like a Monday. It does. I'm just all goofed up, but man. But what we do have is Bob Labriola joining us about five, six minutes from now. You are exactly correct. And that will be coming up after this. And we got a little PSA here. And our public safety announcement is don't go near any high places. <laughs> Be careful out Be on them roads. That's right. Hey, Be careful out there. He's slippy out there today, Wolf. Well, it is, you know. Uh, you know in that. You got to say in that. You know, I, they, I, I love the in that, you know. I, my, my, my phone even has it. Where does you, it? You can press it. Yeah, it says nice. in that. You got, the, you got the yin's or you got the yin's phone over there, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, well, you, you don't laugh at this, too. This morning, my you know, my, my wife is like, hey. Just so you know, it snowed a little bit overnight. The roads are a little, you know, a little wonky. A little slippy. You might want to leave yourself a little extra time. Right. And I said, I said, ah, I'll be all right. It's Monday. It's MLK Day. A lot of the schools are off. A lot of people have off work. And my wife looks at me like, mm, no. It's tu- Tuesday. Like, you, you idiot. It's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang it, babe. I mean, it's the day after a game. It's supposed to be Monday. You know, I get this naturally from my dad. My dad, one time, you know, when I was a rookie, he comes he comes down for the game. He's sitting in my apartment. He goes, you know what? I'm going to go down. I'm going to see uh, 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 Kevin down at uh, Klein's, and then I'm going to go to uh, Century 2. And I said, Dad, that's <laughs> yeah." I said, that's Chuck down at King's Restaurant. It's a buddy of mine. And then it's Century 3. <laughs> Don't go to Century 2. It's not there anymore. You know? One more street down to Century 3. <laughs> my dad was just... I That's am my, I have become my dad. Okay, <laughs> here we go. We got to go to break because we got the great Bob Labriola coming up next in the next hour, the Power Hour, starting in about what five minutes. Be here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 